Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for this opportunity to worship you today. We pray, Lord God, that you would open our hearts up to you, that you would prepare us to receive your word, Lord, and that you would transform us. Speak to us, Lord God. Place your words in my mouth, and may I, with zeal and with faithfulness, proclaim them to your people. And we pray that you would do great and mighty things among us today. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning! So good to see you all today. Well, I have to tell you, I have an issue with showers. With bathing in general. I mean, not the actual practice of it, right? I'm pretty... I'm a fan of being clean. But what happens after you get clean? You get dirty again. Drives me nuts. Right? It's always right after I take a shower that I'm like, I should go on a run. And then I'm like, oh, God, maybe I shouldn't go on a run because I just took a shower and I don't want to get back in the shower again. You ever have that feeling? Or you're like, oh, I just want to go change the oil on my car. Maybe, oh. Or now i got to pick up something in the garden and then suddenly you're all dirty and, oh, I hate that. You just don't stay clean. Does that, am I the only one who that bothers? I really hate it, man. I hate it. I wish I could stay clean. There's a, there's a limit to what a shower can do for you. And that's frustrating. So until somebody develops like removable skin, we're kind of stuck with it, aren't we? Right? There's, no, uh, there's not really a better option. So I, please from the pulpit, do not hear me say, don't shower anymore. Right, that would be a real, that'd be a negative growth experiment. I have a feeling if we did that. No, please keep showering, but it does have its limits. It doesn't give us everything we need. In the book of Acts, though, we have an account of the coming of the Holy Spirit and the growth and expansion of the early Christian church. Now, as that growth took place, a conflict between the Jewish leadership and the early church increased. Right? You know, the bigger the church got, the more the conflict came. Here in our passage from Acts chapter 5, which is our first reading for today, we have an example of the conflict between the Jewish leadership and the apostles. In this particular circumstance, what began the debate is the apostles' teaching about Jesus. The apostles, they're doing what apostles are supposed to do. They're being witnesses and telling the story of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they're teaching that through faith in him, anyone can have eternal life. And people are getting healed left and right. So in addition to the preaching ministry, people are getting healed like crazy. Right? It is going, I mean, the Holy Spirit is going off at this point, right? Because Peter's just walking And anyone know what happens when Peter's shadow falls on people? They're getting healed. Just his shadow, right? So Peter's walking down the street and people are like, boink, 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 popping up all around him. It's incredible. I mean, this is phenomenal Holy Spirit work going on in the early church. And it is awesome. And everyone loves it, right? No, they don't. Parts of the leadership of the Jews are furious about this proclamation and ministry. They're totally upset that the apostles are doing this. In our passage, they remind the apostles that they had sternly told them before, they'd given them a good talking to, and said, don't talk about Jesus anymore. Had the apostles obeyed this command? 
No, why not? Bingo, they follow God's law. As our passage says, we must obey God rather than any human authority. And God had commanded them to preach the good news. And so they had their marching orders, and they would not deviate from them. And so these two groups are in an impasse, right? One group saying, don't talk. The other group saying, we have to talk. But at this impasse, I think it's important to see what's causing the conflict. The Jewish leaders say, you are determined to bring this man's blood upon us. Who is this man? Jesus, that's right. What this means is that the Jewish leaders feel like the apostles are trying to make them responsible for Jesus' death. This seems kind of like a silly thing to be upset about, doesn't it? Because, I mean, we all went through Holy Week together, right? And in the story, who presents Jesus for trial? Yeah, the leadership right here. So, I mean, you'd think they'd be like, okay, you know, we did it, but... You know, we didn't think he was really the Messiah or something like that. Of course we did it. He was a false prophet. We were obeying God's law. But instead they tried to squirm out from under the whole thing, right? They seemed to get away from it. But in reality, I think what they're saying is one of the most human arguments. They don't want to be responsible. Anyone ever felt like that before? They don't want to feel guilt or be condemned. Now... How many times have you come upon a kid crying and then another kid standing next to them and the kid that's crying says, he or she hit me. And then the other kid says, the accused says, I did not. Anyone ever experienced that before? I'm not speaking from personal experience at this point, right? I've never experienced that with my beloved children, except for yesterday. Uh, and, and But upon further inquiry... I discovered that, in fact, a hit did occur. But the child who did the hit, who perpetrated the hit, said it was an accident. It was an accident. Right? But it's interesting because what was their first statement? I didn't do it. Right? I didn't do it. They're just trying to get out of the whole thing, trying to escape any guilt or condemnation. But in reality, they did play a role, but they didn't mean to. Right? It was just a mistake. It's a human reaction to always avoid responsibility. Right? Anyone ever seen a public figure get in trouble? What do they try to do? Deflect. Like juke and jive, right? They're moving left, they're moving right, trying to get away from it. That's what we do. It's human nature. It's always been that way for us. But the problem with this reaction, this evasive maneuver here, is that the leaders miss the point. The point of the apostles is not to put the leaders on trial like they did for Christ. Because the point of Christianity is not guilt, is it? Like, we don't end this service being like, I hope you feel guilty enough for today. Go out and love and serve the Lord. No, the point of Christianity is not guilt. The point is reconciliation through grace. In their denial of playing any role in the death of Christ and not accepting his resurrection, the leaders are cutting themselves off from the hope of reconciliation in Christ. Now, I think that when they say, you are determined to bring this man's blood upon us, they're more correct in that statement than they could possibly imagine. 
the apostles do want to bring the blood of Jesus upon them. Not to put them on trial, but because the blood of Jesus does something else. 1 John 1.7 tells us that if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So what does the blood of Jesus do? Cleanses, exactly. It washes away sins. It washes away guilt. And unlike, excuse me, unlike any shower, it washes them away for how long? Forever. Forever. Think about that for a while. Forever. The sins are washed away because of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Do we need this in our lives? Yes, we do. We need to be made clean. Just like we need a shower, right? We need this even more so. We might not have been there for the trial of Christ, but we're guilty of all kinds of things. We're so very like the Jewish leaders, putting pride over humility, denying the message of hope, opposing the plans of God, and dethroning the rightful Lord. We must repent and have the blood of Christ wash us clean. May we be people who have this man's blood upon us, and may his blood make us clean and enable us to go out and proclaim his good news to a world which is desperately in need of hope. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that your blood does wash us clean. Help us, Lord, not to live in denial and rebellion, but to accept this word. To accept your clear testimony that you came to set us, set us free from sin and death. May we accept this good news. May we turn over ourselves to you. And may we step out in faith proclaiming your good news to others that they might come to know and love you as we know and love you as well. And we pray this in your holy name. Amen.